Welcome to the Abbot Loop Community Church Podcast. Enjoy this message from Josh Tanner. All right, we are in the book of Romans, and we are chugging along here. And this is a fun, fun book of the Bible. Uh, chapter specifically in this book is really the pinnacle of, I believe, all of Romans. That's really easy, but I actually think the whole Bible is kind of one of my favorites. And it's so life transformative. You understand who you were as a sinner. So in Romans 6, we understand the believer. One, we're in sin, but we're dead to sin because of Christ. We die with him. And then Romans, I said 6, right? And so Romans 7 is the believer is dead to the law or we're separated from the law, which is awesome. As we die with Christ, we're also dead to the law. And if you want to understand what that really means, go listen to that message, all right? It, was, it really helped you get what that really means. It doesn't mean the law doesn't exist or isn't important. It's that we are dead to it, like Christ. All right, Romans 8. There is no condemnation uh, for the believer, which is really good. So as you're a believer, that you now walk in no condemnation. And we get to live in the power of the life-giving spirit. That's really good news. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to kind of reframe all this as we build up into this new section here, which is uh, Paul is talking about the sanctification process, okay? So there's three ways that we look at this from Romans 6, 7, and 8 is that we are free from sin, all right, from the tyranny of sin. We are free from the law, Romans 7, and now we have life in the power of the Holy Spirit, so in Romans 8, we're talking about now we're all set free from all this stuff. Romans 8, we're diving in to how we have life in the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is why it's so big, is learning how to have this life, but not just like, okay, I have all this power and I'm going to do this stuff. But part of God's plan for you and me is to grow, to keep growing all the time and not get stuck. So the growth process is really important. And when we see this in this sanctification, the definition really of sanctification is the process by which the believer grows to maturity. Do we have that little tree? Is that not behind that one? Is the tree in there? Yeah. Oh. So, oh, good. So that was my next point. I knew it was in there. All right. So, the process of growing to maturity, right? That is one of the things the Lord is all about. But last week we talked about becoming children of God and that our spirit is crying out, Abba, Father, all right? We're no longer slaves to this sin that plagued us, but our heart is crying out, Abba, Father. There is this connection that God wants to have with us adopted in as real sons and daughters, children, and this is the thing I want you to get, is you have to get rooted into something. If you want to grow, living things are rooted into something. So God made like plants. They have to get rooted and fixed in the ground so that they grow. You and I are like plants. We got to get rooted in. This Get yourself just wiggling. You've got to let it go down so that you can get rooted. And you know, the scary thing about that is then you're like, well, then I can't move. You mean you get rooted in, fixed into a body of believers? Yeah. This is where we grow into dynamic strength together. 
This is kind of like we think about marriage, okay? So marriage is more dynamic when we don't leave ourselves in like a potted plant just sort of coexisting around one another where our roots don't really dig down deep together and we kind of feel like we can check out anytime we want. So you hear this like, well, divorce just isn't even part of my grade. We don't even use that word. It's not an option. When you let your tree grow down deep, your roots grow down deep and you're gonna grow into two giant trees interconnected and interdependent on one another, that is an impossible thing to separate. It's gonna be gnarly and bad when you separate it. But if we kind of keep ourselves pre-separated in our little pots, you know, then it's really easy. We're just like, well, just pick my pot up and just scoot me over there, Lord, you know? And you had no roots connected. And it's scary to let your roots get connected. You know, even with marriage, you should consider it, you know, don't be hasty to just go plant your tree next to just anybody. Because they can behave badly. And you're like, we're connected? And in the church, it's the same way. You're like, we're connected? We're family? <laughs> you know, so does some family reunions. You're like, that guy's family, you know? Yeah. God wants us to be family, rooted and knit and fit in together. And that's a process. It's a process of trust. It's a commitment to relationship. And it all starts with being adopted. We all get adopted into this family. And God's our daddy. He's our Abba Father, the intimate God. And it is the starting place for growth. See, when our identity is rooted into him, just being not living up to please him, but just being rooted into him. Daddy, you're my God. You love me and accept me just the way I am. You made me to be in relationship with you. All of a sudden, that security allows me to relax and not worry about all the stuff that's mentioned in Romans chapter 5, 6, and 7, which is like all the sin. <laughs> All the stuff that's not awesome about what I'm connected to. And you believe in my daddy relationship, I'm rooted to you, God, and you do not look at condemnation because I had this old man, this dead person that I'm dragging around is not me. I'm the new creation created in Christ Jesus to do good works you prepared in advance for me to do. And I belong to you no matter what. When I get rooted in that, then... The storms that blow around in my life and all this stuff going on, I'm kind of like, yeah, that was a bad decision, but daddy still loves me. I behave badly there, yes, but daddy still loves me, and I'm not worried about that. So we allow, and then hard things are coming in our life, and we're like, oh, this is no good. The wind's blowing on our tree. We're like, that doesn't feel good, because some circumstances around us we're not in control of or responsible for and they still cause us to suffer. Daddy, I just am in love with you and I'm secure with you. The wind's blowing on my tree. Do not change who I am in you. None of that stuff uproots, dislodges my connection with you. Now, when the suffering comes, instead of it knocking my tree over, it adds another ring. You know, trees grow in little rings, one little suffering ring after another of hard life and wind and blowing and like weather and like one more cycle of like winter. 
You're like, can I do another winter? <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> you can make it. And when you get through, guess what? You're going to be stronger. You're going to be a little bigger. Your roots are going to grow a little deeper into someone else. And that interdependence, not codependence, I'm independent with Christ. Whether you're with me or not, I'm going to be okay. Whether you think I'm a pastor or not, I'm going to be okay. Whether you care about my gifts or know anything about my gifts or receive them, look, I'm okay because I got Jesus. My roots are in my daddy God. Not in you, not in my title or position. But then, I believe we will act, that's independent with Christ. So I'm totally codependent on Jesus, right? Right? I can't live without him, that's codependence, all right? That's good, but I'm independent from you. But then I have this really rad thing that happens is I actually believe together we're better. And so that I think that if you're independent with Jesus, codependent on him, but independent from everybody else, and then you decide, you think, I'm actually made for this church thing. <laughs> Scary, because we can all behave badly and hurt each other, but we're gonna just plant our trees down, break those little pots and get rooted down, and we're gonna let ourselves grow. And see what happens. All the while believing that as we intertwine and interdepend on each other by choice, not need or necessity, we now have the synergistic capacity of what God has ordained the church to be a part of. Multiplication, 30, 60, 100 times what was sown. And we're gonna talk today about God's glory being revealed in his kids. It's good. And what he wants to do with this interdependence and this sanctification process, but it starts from being rooted in as a child of God. Daddy God, I'm independent with you and I choose to be interdependent with your people and I wanna see your glory revealed in and through my life. Right, so first we have to be what? Rooted. Rooted in our relationship with Abba, Father. And I have to believe, so you have to believe and choose to see rightly that I'm a child of God and I am rooted into Jesus and now decide to be rooted into his church for a purpose, to be loved, to be known, to love others and know them, to serve and build up the body. And I have to believe that I am made to grow into maturity in the power of the Holy Spirit in and through my life. And Ephesians talks about that, Ephesians 2, that's God's grace, his power moving in and through you. Okay, this is an interesting thing that happens here as we look on in Romans chapter 8, now we're going to go verse 18. So we're going to look at some fundamental things that happen in the sanctification process when we're planted and we're rooted in. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. Let's read verse 19. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. So let's back up to verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. I want you to think about that tree again. And I want you to think about the weather and the winter and the suffering and like the 20 below days. Sometimes it bumps down to 30 below around here, right? Haven't seen a 30 below day in a while. And you thought global warming was bad. Come on now. How about the present less suffering, right? It's 
20 degrees below zero is better than 30 in my mind, right? But there is something that we need as we have to be tethered to. We have to be tethered to this relationship with Jesus and know that the suffering produces something. It produces another ring of growth around our tree if we let it. But we can also get our mind off of or our center of who we are in Christ off of our relationship with Daddy God and it can feel like our tree just blows over in the wind and it gets broken. We allow it to be broken because we don't lean and root into the strength of our relationship with Jesus. See, there is a true uh, uh, like reality to the life in Christ is when you get saved, you're now a baby again. Born again, born again. And you can't get born again again, right? Like we were talking about mulligans and againigans like before. Like that's a different thing. God gives you the ability to do things again, but you don't get to do this again. You get saved once. And you're born as a little tiny baby in Jesus, your spirit man. And God wants to grow that man up. And, and, and there's, Paul teaches this. We don't have nearly enough time to just talk about all that, but is that there's this season where you drink of the milk of the word and it's like as a baby you're growing up in the fundamentals of Christ and, and, and growing up in him and allowing your spirit, man or woman, right, human, person, inside you to grow up. <laughs> Want to be PC now, okay? We're growing up. And there's this expectation that you and I are going to mature and we're going to walk from some baby little behaviors where we crawl and where sometimes we just allow the, our old man to interject into our life a little more than we should. And we're gonna like let that spirit man grow up and become, you know, all buff and muscular. And as we do that time with the Holy Spirit, that, that old man gets diminished at the same time. Put to death habitually. We were talking about that last week. Life in the spirit habitually puts to death that old man. That's how you do it. Not, old man, leave me alone. Bind you, devil, and all this stuff. You go, no, Holy Spirit, ignite in my life. Pray in the Holy Spirit. Pray in tongues. Walk in the Spirit. And that jackhammers and puts to death the nature of the old man. That is the solution, is life in Christ, power in the Holy Spirit. Okay, when we are doing this, this is causing us, that maturity process is really important to be thinking about, and it's a goal of God's in your life, my life. So when we look at suffering, we don't look at suffering with despair. We look at it with hope. Because we understand what suffering produces if we're rooted in the right things, if we see God the right way, and we don't feel that, oh, the storm blowing in my life is a result of all my sin, which isn't always true, sometimes can be, Sometimes we're responsible for the messes around us. And we're like, well, why'd this happen? Well, because you stole that from the bank. I don't know why I'm going to prison right now. And you're like, you don't know why you're going to prison. <laughs> you're like, what you need to ask is, why did I need, feel the need to steal stuff from the bank? Okay. Why are people not nice to me? All I do is cuss them out and be rude to them all the time. I should, people should like me more. You're like, This present suffering sometimes is not a result of our stupidity. This present suffering where it gets confusing for us sometimes is when the wind is blowing. Can you see the wind? No, not really, unless there's rain. It's the things on the wind, right? You're right. Things on the wind, you see. 
manifestation of the wind. You see the manifestation of the wind, but we don't really know where it comes from and where it's going is what the Bible says, but technically you can't see it, Robert, with science. You're right. I, I yield to your logic. You're tr it's true. But you can feel it, and you have no control of it. That we agree on, right, Robert? You can't control it? Oh, he agrees. Okay, good. Praise the Lord. We don't have control of it. It's blowing in on our life, and when it gets 20 below, we don't get to change that. We have to overcome that. But the way that we overcome is we don't go, woe is me. Why did God send this northern wind to blow upon me? Dude, the world's broken. You know the world's broken? And this is the passage where we find out, hey, the world's broke. You're gonna see it in just a little bit. And it isn't because you did anything. It's just the world around you is suffering, and you're suffering in it. And that suffering, when we are yielded to Christ and rooted in him, will cause us to grow. Well, we have to be yielded in him and see that it's part of the process and not go this, woe is me, why am I so bad? It's like, no, look, God, what do you want to do in and through me? How do you want to grow this ring around my life through this season? When I come back around, I'm a little hardier than I was last year, right? My quads are a little thicker, right? My back's a little stronger. My spiritual biceps are a little bigger, right? And I'm ready for that next time I come around into that season. It doesn't feel quite as hard or cold next time because I've suffered and grown. That maturity process, I consider that our present suffering, when we look at the suffering that happens because you're in Christ, you will suffer. People will persecute you because you're in Jesus. If you're living for him, it will happen but it's nothing compared to the glory that will be revealed in us. So that growth that can happen is unbelievable if we let it happen. The comparison, not only of the glory that can be revealed now in us, which it can be, but it's really about that future final hope of when Jesus comes back and redeems us and sets us all free, we are like unlocked. The full manifestation or revelation of God's glory is revealed in and through our life when we enter into eternity with him. That old man, we're totally separated and now we're in our glorified body and that hip replacement or those little new knees that you had to get, psh, glory knees, come on. Right? Some of y'all will see you do that jitterbug again with those glory knees. Anybody doing the jitterbug back in the day? Any jitterbuggers? No? You know, before any of your guys this time, there's got to be a couple in here. Come on. Some of you hippies, you guys are like, tell you a hippie, hippie name of a song. I'm not doing it. I'm going to tell you a hippie name. Gen Xers, you're looking for like a Van Halen thing. I'm not saying it. All right. <laughs> but we wear out. But that hope is that glorified body that God has destined us for. It's going to be revealed. And we have to look with perspective. Shift your perspective away from the suffering and make the suffering, right? Oh, the wind, oh, the cold, oh, oh, the woes in my life. Oh, the people around me that behave badly. Get your eyes off that suffering. God, what's your hope and glory? What is the glory that you are hoping will be revealed in me through this suffering? How am I going to behave? What am I controlled of? Well, I'm controlled of the fact that I'm independently rooted in Jesus and I'm fit and fashioned in his body for a purpose and this suffering will grow me if I let it and I stay rooted in you. God's plan is to reveal something in you. 
And he doesn't waste anything, even though the world's broke and suffering's happening, even though you make knucklehead decisions sometimes that you have to clean up your messes, I have to clean up my messes. God uses all that stuff, redeems it and buys it back so that we can continue to grow and allow his glory to be revealed in our life. And that's another glory ring. I want you to think about it like a glory ring in your tree. Suffering starts happening, you're like, well, just about to pop out another glory ring. Right? Get that thing popping. Maybe not there. Right? Somewhere else. (laughs) Somewhere else we like better. Okay. It's nothing compared to what will be revealed. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Verse 19. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. Look at verse 20. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it. That's Adam, okay? Just pause right there. When Adam sinned in the garden, he was the first Adam, they say, the first man, and all of creation was under his dominion. So when he fell, everything fell with it. So sin, sickness, death entered the world, and all of a sudden the world went on this crazy cycle. It's degenerating around us, and we're all like, what are we gonna do to save the planet? You can't save the planet. Jesus saved the planet, all right? It's not going to be some superhero or some sort of regulation that, you know, that, that cuts carbon emissions down. And you're like, you're not going to stop overpopulation. Look, the end is coming of the world and the full number of people are going to end up in heaven. And that's God's design and plan. And guess what? He is giving us a new world. New bodies, new world. That's gonna be awesome. That's the hope we have in his glory to be manifest and revealed. But we have to understand that it all got broken by one man and then it was all repaired by another man. And that was Jesus. And so in the world, we are the agents of transformation and love, restoring and bringing back the world to its former glory. But the ultimate revelation of that glory is gonna happen when Jesus returns and he restores all things. Verse 21, that the creation itself will be liberated in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. That's us. This world is here so that we can bring it and redeem it back into its former glory. And even better than before. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as if in pains of childbirth right up to the present time. There's something that's mounting and building and the whole world is suffering and frustrated and going like, come on. Let's do this, church. Waiting. The entire world, everybody, heaven, angels are looking in to see these things going Come on, breakthrough. Anybody had a baby in here before? Anybody ever seen a baby be born before? Okay, so I've had six, personally not me, but my wife. I have been present for all six children to be born. Oh my God, we're all gonna die. (laughs) Holy cow, that's amazing. Are you okay? Are you with me? (laughs) 
That's how I sum up pregnancy. My wife hates it when I talk this way because it's amazing, but I'm just being totally vulnerable and honest. It freaks me out. I get terrified and excited and hopeful, and I, my wife groans, and that freaks me out too. I shouldn't say that. She's probably going to get mad at me. She's like, don't tell my groan. I'm like, oh, women groan in pregnancy, right? <laughs> okay, they all do. Okay, she's, I'm in trouble. I can't say that twice. All right. <laughs> she's amazing. The world is groaning. Like, come on, church. Let my glory be revealed. This word revealed is such an awesome word. It, in, the, uh, in the King James, it's manifested or manifest, to manifest. And it's this, it's this revealing kind of a, like something was there all along and it's there and then God just like, look at that. And you're like, whoa. It's uncovered but already existing. Sometimes we think it's like coming into space, but God is just like going, I got a little Easter egg for you. Here it is. Ah, you're like, what? That was right there. <laughs> to be revealed in you, in me. And the whole world's going, come on, church. <laughs> let my glory out is what God's saying. Just let it out. Let my glory come out. We're just feeling this space, and it's all there, and you know it's inside you. But this is a cool thing because the glory that's being revealed is about the first fruits. And this is, this is a object lesson for you and I. Verse 23, not only so that we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption, son, adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. See, when we talk about the first fruits, that you and I are the first fruits of God's glory moving in the world, the first fruits is actually taught in a reverse order for us. It's an object lesson that God gives us, and it's about the tithe. So all of the people were called throughout Israel to bring their first fruit to God. Their first and the best. Okay, the first and the best. And we bring that to God, and we say, here, there's my best God, because I worship you. And all the time, God's going, I don't actually need your little offerings. I'm teaching you something. He's teaching us because when Jesus comes back, he comes back for his first fruit. His first and his best. And guess who that is? You. That's me. And he wanted us to be tithe. So when you tithe, you're giving your 10%. You're going, Jesus, you're teaching me how much you love me. Do you see it? It's his glory being revealed in you. Because he came for you as his first fruit, but he wanted you and I to get it. It's his object lesson. Do you understand? This is sacrifice. This is hard. And I have to give up my first and best. And he goes, yeah, because I'm coming for my first and best. And it's you. And I want you to feel it. Here's some benefits in the adoption to sonship. When you get adopted in, you get some bennies. Deliverance from the law. Romans 6. Receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You get to receive the Holy Spirit. You receive the first fruits of your inheritance, which is the glory of God, that deposit of the Holy Spirit moving in and through your life. You get a father-son relationship with God. 
daughter, father, daughter, same. Child relationship. Living like a son, all right? But the reason we say son is because it's firstborn son. So we taught this before. The firstborn son gets, in the Hebrew world, the double portion. The Roman world adopted in as a full son. They get all of it just as an equal. And that is not gender specific. It's for all of us, amen? That's actually a place where God just knocks down all the gender barriers in a beautiful way. So good. But we get a double portion as a firstborn son in this adoption relationship. Living like a son. Walking and living by the power of the Spirit. Six, the revealing of God's kids by his glory, the redemption of the body. So God is scratching off. Think about this light bulb. And we're just going to kind of wrap up here. I got more, but whatever. So good. We got to be done. Think about a light bulb that's covered in black paint. And we start to turn the power on it. But it's covered in black paint. And, and, and what God wants to do is scratch some of that black paint off. And that's the sin being removed out of your life and you understanding who you are. And then when you get connected and you understand this daddy relationship with God, he wants to reveal his glory. It's like turning up the temperature of that light bulb where it starts to produce more light. And all of a sudden through that little part that he scratched off, it's like, it just starts to shine through. You're like, oh, there's glory in there. Scratch some more off. New part of your life. Glory is coming out. So it's a twofold process is as you press into the glory of God, he starts to mature you up as a believer and scratch away the sin and reveal more of who he is already in you. It's that Easter egg, that manifest revelation that's already in there. He just opens it up. Look at me. I'm in here. Turn up the glory. Come on, take advantage of the adoption. Take advantage of what he's doing in and through your life. Let him crank it up. And stop being so beat up by all the paint on the outside of your bulb. Focus on the power on the inside. And then let God, as the suffering comes, chisel off some of those spaces so more of his glory is revealed in your life. More of that manifest glory. Amen. Will you stand with me? Amen. Oh, man, I'm fired up today. If you've never received Jesus as the Lord of your life, and you have not had this encounter with him where his glory comes in and is working in power in your life right now is your moment. Do it. Do not wait. Do not hesitate. Will you close your eyes with me for one minute? If you're here and Jesus has never encountered, into, like jumped into your life, you've never given him your life and received him as Lord, then right now I'd ask you, just slip your hand up in the air so I can pray with you. And we'll do it real quick. And you can give your heart to him and you will know him and then we will move forward together. Anybody here, Jesus, I'm ready to receive you. Just go ahead and slip your hand up and we'll pray. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else? Jesus, I wanna make you the Lord of my life. I'm ready to receive you, Lord. Okay, I don't see any other hands. I thought I saw one. Could have been my crazy eye, but we're going to pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. And if you want to receive Jesus, pray this. Jesus, I receive you as Lord of my life. You are God. I ask you to save me from myself and from my sin. Rescue me now in Jesus' name. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and encounter with your love, God. I bless your name.
You're worthy to be praised in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to just pray over us, and then we're going to close because I was preaching long and dragging you guys along here. So it's good. You like that? I appreciate that, Carrie. <laughs> All right. We're going to pray, but I want to encourage you as we close in worship, if you have any needs and you want to come down, just come down and pray. You want to worship, we're going to let worship just kind of roll a little bit, but you are dismissed when I get done praying, okay? With me, you got to get your kids and all that stuff, but if you want to stay and pray and you want a breakthrough, you want more of God's glory, you can stay. You could stay through to the next service. What? No pressure. You don't have to, but you could. You are welcome. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we love you so much. God, pour out your spirit on us. We want collectively right now as sons and daughters, children of the Most High God, rooted into you, God, we want your glory to be manifest in our life. And we want to invite Holy Spirit, you, in your life-giving power to fill us and reveal your glory, your manifest glory in our life and chisel away the parts. Help us to see suffering with eyes that are rooted in you, Father, and you want us to grow and you want us to live life with you. Help your love to flow in and through our life. We bless your name. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. You can stay in worship and you can get prayer. Please come down, but you are dismissed. Thank you for being here at church. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this message, please connect with us at abbotloop.org and like us on Facebook. Services in Anchorage, Alaska are at 9 and 11 a.m. We hope to see you soon.